0: Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering
1: your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace.
0: Come join the conversation now. Welcome to the show today where we always have interesting guests. We have some of the most interesting people in the world, Bob. Who do we have today?
1: Sean, we have Dr. Steve Bonnenberger. Uh, he's got his degree in divinity. He's a PhD, but he's an author. He writes he writes book prescriptive books, self help books. He's also a novelist. Yeah. So he he has a whole group of books that he's written uh, fiction in, and he's <laughs> he's he's quite the writer. Uh, he's a futurist. He present. He's a presenter. He's a talk show host. He has a radio show and a podcast, and and he's a counselor. And I think that's where his heart lies, is helping the broken. And I think when when we interview him, we're going to find out that he's got a deep heart for the Lord and a deep heart for the broken.
0: Well, up next is Steve Bonnenberger. Bob, you and I are passionate about people in the marketplace being equipped to hear God's voice. And so we put together a book. Tell us
1: about it. It's called Wired to Hear. and. 99% of us are out in the marketplace. We're not in the professional vocational ministry. And this book is for you if you want to learn how to hear God in the marketplace.
0: And it's very practical, but it's also very in-depth and spiritual with actionable steps, great chapters about defining your process when you're trying to hear God's voice. And I just think with the expertise of my coaching and Bob's long-term career and advice giving, you're going to feel the both of us together, something synergized that's really beautiful. And it's just for you. Get wired to hear at bullsministries.com. And you're also going to get a free teaching series only available if you buy it from us at bulls with business leaders, just like you who are sharing their process of hearing God's voice, how they are wired to hear. And it's going to so help you as Bob and I navigate these conversations. They're going to bring the book home into your everyday practice. Get your book today.
1: Welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace, Sean. We are with Steve. Steve, how are you today? I'm
0: fabulous. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me on your program. Well, we're so interested in uh, what you do, but even beyond that, who you are as a person. And so I want to just kind of start back into how did you get involved with these fascinating subjects that you're so focused on, even as a pastor? I mean, you started so young in ministry, but you ended up going after not just the normal things that a local minister or pastor would go after you start to impact kind of a, as a thought leader, even before that was a term, what people were thinking about. And you, you go after subjects like genius and you go after subjects that are like, that re- it really helps business people and entrepreneurs. So take us on that journey.
2: Well, first off, thanks for letting me be a part of your program. Um, and so for my own life, I've always been just very curious about life. I've always been the guy that read books. And as a kid, I was the, uh, I always make fun. I was this shy, very, you know, diffident, really withdrawn kid. And I was the kid that, you know, the one smart kid that sat up front with the two other smart girls, the other kids like probably you guys threw spitballs at and pushed her out on the the playground, you know. But I was always just curious to know. And so uh, I was not raised in a Christian family. Uh, My father was a, a pretty awful alcoholic. And so grew up, you know that I, 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 you know, lots of healings going on there. Just kind of give you, you know, just kind of the summit moments. But found God when I was sixteen. But I always tell people I was searching. You know, the double search is a real thing. And so uh, that happened. And I started preaching when I was seventeen. Wow. And uh, and then I started pastoring churches when I was just you know twenty and pastored wow. you know for many years. And during that period of time, again, it's my curiosity that has driven the 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 writing. And, and you had asked me to talk about things that haven't gone right. A lot of my life hasn't gone right, <laughs> okay. okay? I have had some major uh, defaults, and I have hit a few pylons at high speed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I always think about that because in my life, you guys, the reasons i have fa- failed so miserably is because I've always been the guy for better or worse that had the big idea that got implanted and felt it was my job or task either single-handedly or in tandem or in concert with others to take on those big moments and when when you take those big moments on you know the and you don't have the proper foundation there's the issue isn't it When you don't have the proper foundation, that is when collapse happens at a colossal level. And I've had a couple of colossal collapses in my uh, adult life, gentlemen. And I'm happy to say that today, you and I uh, and Mr. Bob get to talk. And what an honor it is.
1: Uh, Steve, I I found that in my life, when I I have these issues that you, you say a colossal collapse, I've had them in my life. And those are the times when I've learned the most. And when I've been in, if you will, the valley of the shadow of death, when the Lord has has spoken to me and, you know, I've picked myself back up with his help and and then moved forward. Would would you say that, you know, in those times in your life, those were the, the times when you were redirected into into what you're doing now?
2: I wouldn't know if, if I would use the word redirected, Bob, because I, I would use the word focused, because what happens to me in those moments is the creative power comes over me because it's all I have left. And I'll always say to people parenthetically, what you have left after collapse is your superpower. I'll say it again. What you have left after the collapse is your superpower. My superpower is writing. And I've been writing seriously for 40 plus years. Many times in the darkest of my days, it's the only thing that I have had. And so... In, uh, in my most recent, and I hope you know, ten plus years ago, I hope my last collapse because I don't think my life at this age could maintain another one, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. It was in that darkest place that, and there's two things that happened to me, guys. Not only do I write, but scripture becomes the most important thing. Yeah. It seems so. It seems so silly to say that, doesn't it? But in that moment, then God began to give me the story, which became Achel Nima which is, I think, the summit, the apex of my entire creative life. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, so I hope that helps. And for those that are going through those really, really treacherous and friction-filled moments, I just want to say to them, don't waste a morsel of the misery. Mm -hmm. The misery has value. And that's where the genius path is, which is I've made a couple of references here of, of my writing, but genius path, you know, really emerged out of the, the you know, kind of the morass uh, of my own failures, guys. I hope that wasn't wow. too confusing.
0: no, it wasn't confusing at all. and i think I think that's the thing is that you've lived enough years. You've watched how God can use these moments, and you've and and you now have a definition behind it of like what the genius path came out of, Whereas a lot of people who are going through, maybe went through the collapse of the coronavirus pandemic they had to change careers, or business didn't work. And we've talked to many people, even on the show, who were like, it was a bad time to launch a sports ministry, you know, like stuff that was live events. Like people were doing things that were crazy wow. and they collapsed. And and out of those moments, people are, and even with the economy where it's at right now, people are looking for defining language. And as Christians, we're some of the only people group who can look for where God is in these things. And we can look for his plan to rebuild them. And I like some of the language use, Kind of take us on the journey of the genius path. What is the genius path? And why did you write it?
2: Well, I wrote The Genius Path because it's a course on, on reinvention and discovery. And it's this idea that, uh, that genius is only discovered through extraction. And the extraction is you have to pull it out of your own soul, right? That's the hard part. And so you have to mine. And in order to do that, you have to first believe that genius exists inside of you. Mm-hmm. That's where it has to start. You have to believe that the genius is not hidden. It's not veiled. God, you don't have to go on a decipher course. God is in the business of implanting genius in human beings. Wow. You have to start there. If you, if you have, and, I, and let me say this, it's fallacious to assume anything else. Whatever it is that has happened in your life, I want you to know that genius exists inside of you. What is genius? Genius is that unique DNA that I also believe is mixed and interlaced with what I call the mandated mission. Every single life has a mandated mission. And it is my experience in life, gentlemen, that the mandated mission does not arrive until collapse happens in full. I'll say that again. Mm -hmm. The mandated mission does not arrive until the collapse is in full. And once you are able to move through the collapse, no matter the level of cataclysmic power and impact it has upon you, that is when you're able to start to say, I have DNA, God's in the genius business, there is a mandated mission for my life, there must be a path. And I believe it's what I call a glide path. And I believe that as you begin to then peel back those pieces that have really been your own consequence that have kept you from discovering that. That's when God begins to show those things forth. And they begin to really become the signposts of life that point you in the direction of where you're supposed to go. That's a lot of words. But I think, Sean, it's an accurate uh, description of how I see genius arriving in a person's life.
0: Well, it, it comes plays into the thought that God's genius is in all of us, and there's even a lot of modern studies. I mean, neurologists and psychologists and educators have talked about how there's even books that everyone's smart. You know, there's 21 types of genius that uh, popular psychology has has defined. And I think of that, and I think how the world is now caught up to the gospel that God's genius lives inside of us. And I feel like we're still not necessarily though f- activating that in the church. We're not activating that amongst Christians. And when you get into a business, if you get into any leadership role, you need the genius of God or you feel like you have nothing. At some point, that's where imposter syndrome and everything everything else comes from. And so I feel like it's really fascinating to listen to you, like define a little bit more before we go on as far as when you said the collapse in this context, because you think everybody goes through like a stripping or collapse point before they find it. Or do some people find it in their journey of curiosity like you did? It's a great
2: question. And the answer I don't think it's a duality. I I don't think it's binary. Let me say that. I think for people that are silly and stupid like me, (laughs) that it's necessary to go through the collapse. Um, But I do think, um, Sean, that it is possible for a person, let's talk hypothetically in in an ideal setting, okay? I believe in an ideal setting, a person could move into their genius Um, without collapse i do think that's possible hypothetically i think when you get into the raw meat and potatoes of human beings and especially when you put Ubers, when you when you mix and intertwine that with the human spirit that is when i think the collapse has to happen and i'm not saying the collapse has to be that the person has to live in a trench and you know put on sackcloth and asterisk. That's not at all what I mean. What I mean is the the the, the collapse is when you come to the end of your own psyche right. and you realize that without God, those two words, without God, and then when you put it in the positive frame, guys, with God, yeah. then it is when that you begin to really discover life. And there are and we go through some discovery processes. we don't have time to talk about them. But I hope that helps, Sean, because I think you you brought up a really good point there, sir.
1: I think what you're talking about, Steve, is our identity, our identity is rooted in that we are loved sons and daughters of God. And when we can recognize that, when we can take performance and throw performance in the trash can and recognize that without God or with God, like you say, um, we have every ability, and, and that's the genius. And I, I love how you're articulating that. Thank you, sir. When, when you
2: stop and you think about the human psyche, I'm a, I'm a person that has spent my life, gentlemen, my adult life, shall I say, working with very, very broken human beings. I always tell people that God, for some reason, puts other people in different settings, right? But for me, my ministry for 40 unbroken years I've always been in some form of expression uh, of ministry dealing and always specifically focused upon the broken ones. And my whole message is and Genius Path is based upon the message that you cannot serve two masters. Mm -hmm. When you begin to see that your mission, see, and there's the, there's, I think the world, Sean and Bob, has this idea, this notion that genius is for profiteering. And I don't mean that in a bad way, okay? I, I love making money. I love doing things well. I love having excellence in my life. But for the Christian, for the Christ follower, you have to add that slug, that segment of what I call mandated mission. And when you put that attached to the DNA that you're talking about, Bob, that's when I think magic begins to happen. Because that God is, because you can't do that without submission, can you gentlemen? No. You cannot do that without submission. And when you get to that place, that is when I think God finally says, I have one who is ready. Now, do not think it's an easy journey from that moment. It's still broken because we're still, bro- you know, let me speak for me. You guys maybe I'm still broken. I still have ego. I still make mistakes. I still don't communicate cleanly enough. I still have my own uh, raspy ambitions that still need to be filed off. Okay, <laughs> all those things still, still exist. But I think that when you have genius and it's clear and the genius path helps people get clarity and specificity. And when you get those, that I think makes the job and the task and then the, and then the journey much easier.
0: That's, that's beautiful. Well, give us a bird's eye view of what you're working on. And like, I I know you're an author. You've written so many books. Talk about even that process of like, how did you know you were an author? How did you go after this? And then also give us kind of a picture of what a day in a life, like what you're working on right now.
2: Okay. Well, thank you for asking. First off, let's answer the first one. I've been journaling for 40 straight years. Wow. And I say to people, always journal. I have missed very few days in the last 40 years, guys. And I don't say that braggadociously. Look, that's not the piece here. The piece is answering Sean's question. Start journaling. I don't know how. Now I'm going to make a a, a statement. Okay. Go pick up the writer's covenant, which is one of my books, because a lot of people ask me, how do you write books? So I wrote a book on how do I write books? Okay. (laughs) Go pick up the writer's covenant and it'll start working you through that. And if you get stuck, call me and I've helped a lot of people write books and a lot of preachers write sermons. So writing is first now. Um, what is my process? My process is, oh, you know, in a nutshell, I'll say it like this. I don't believe the stories or the ideas belong to me.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't
2: believe you can hold them fast. I don't think you can hold them, you know, clutched at them. In fact, I think the more that you do so, the 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 more evasive and and elusive they become. I believe that God will implant the story inside of you. And I can promise you pretty much, I don't use that language often, that I can show you in 10 or 15 minutes precisely what you're supposed to be writing. I'm not saying you're going to, but I can show you where the idea exists because big ideas exist. God is the big idea God. And he wants us to you know, to rightly reflect and chronicle what are his thoughts. I believe that. And so um, that's the first piece is that the big idea exists. And then from there, once I capture that, and it's always an ongoing process, you guys. Um, I always make outlines. I'm not a seat of the pants writer. If you don't know what that means, there are these people that have stream of consciousness where they can sit down and they can. I cannot do that. I admire people that can. I am a very structured, uh, formulaic writer. In fact, in the writers' comment, I give a writer's. Uh, an outline of precisely how I build story. And that works for both fiction and nonfiction, okay? Because the model is still the same for me. From there, then I begin to research. And I, I start to research whatever the topic is, you guys. Um, in Akheldima, the, the, the topic is isolation. So I created this whole series of discussions about that and the genius the genius path, the whole idea is genius. And how do you discover that? And so I started to re- go through the kind of things, Bob, that you wrote in your book. And I start to think that thing through in the way out. I'm a, I'm a counselor. I'm a therapist. I'm a healer. I just do this. And so 40 plus years of listening to people started finding ways that are what I call the prescriptions for proper remedy. We have yeah. to believe that. So that that is kind of how it goes. And then sit your fanny in a chair and start writing. And for me, it takes a long time to work. I
1: I know I've heard you say a few times now, your heart is for the broken or for at-risk kids and that you do a lot of counseling. What does that look like in your life now?
2: Well, it looks like, uh, you know, hours and hours and hours every single week, month and year, Mm -hmm. listening to people that are profoundly, profoundly broken. Mm -hmm. Can I just say parenthetically, gentlemen, that um, the drug, phenomena that is impacting our young people. If we, as a congregation of saints, a macro congregation, do not get our minds around the fact that a large percentage of young people right now, you guys are seriously impacted by drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. and pornography. And as a church, we have to get our mind around it. So Bob, there's my response and reply to what you said. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because we have, with a generation, at least in America, who's the most has the most potential, but we also have some of the biggest demons in the sense of like, I'm speaking figuratively with the fentanyl crisis and all the easy access drugs with pornography being at 89% or more, you know, addiction rate, it's just, it's wild, right? That's like the wild west of issues. So I'm so glad that you bring that up because I do feel like, you know, we talk and Exploring the Marketplace a lot to different people and your counseling background. I do feel like there's people who come on as counselors or psychologists or psychotherapists and have shared like their their labor of love over this generation. But then you guys also, you're writing this book, these curriculums, these courses on genius at the same time as you're healing extremely broken people. Mm-hmm. So, it's so it's so cool that you have this like hope-filled side of you that's believing for the greatness to come out of the broken vessel. And I just think that's so beautiful in the sense of how much time you've spent for that many years with people who are so broken. That's just so awesome that that's the story that comes out of decades.
2: My heart to your heart, you know and and the answer is, you know, in the end, guys, that I say this quietly, but I can say it to you, I'm an evangelist, mm. okay, I live to bring people to Jesus. There is no hope without God, the way out what does the scripture say? He is the way, the hope, you, know, you guys know the verse. and yeah. so yeah the, the 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 truth is, gentlemen, God's rescued me. And I don't know about you guys, I can't speak for you too, but God rescued me. Yeah, And there are millions and millions of human beings that need rescuing. But I, I think we have to, You know, I just think that we have to think about, you know, the method and the message. I'm a language guy. I'm a linguist. I work hard on language, guys. I don't, I don't wake up speaking this way. I've been working on this for years yeah. because, because why the scripture says a word fitly spoken, I want to be a fitly speaker is received as an apple of gold in a setting of fine silver. And so when you're in a place in a culture, like you are right now, there's a, there's a gasp, there's an oxygen de- de- depletion. And when you use proper language, people's attention snaps to,
0: yeah. well, no. What is that about? I love that.
1: Well, Steve, you've spent decades, you know, for 40 years in this. What would you leave us with uh, as a final thought um, to our listeners and viewers?
2: I would say a few things to them. Number one is capacity exists inside of them that is yet untapped. I'll say it again. Capacity exists inside of you that is yet untapped. And I don't care if you're wildly successful, but like you said, Bob earlier, whatever that means to you, or you're you know climbing the rungs of the ladder, or you're in the deepest trench you've ever been in in your life, capacity exists inside of you yeah. that is yet untapped. You have to start with this belief that God is not finished. That even though you may not see the resource, you may not see the uh let me say it differently. It may be an opaque screen in front of your face. You have to believe that there's a projector that will put an image on the screen that connects to you. That's where it wow. starts. The second piece I want to say is not only does capacity exist that you have yet to tap. The next thing I want to say is that God is in the resource business.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We may not have access to the resource quite yet. And there could be all kinds of reasons for that. We don't have time to talk about that yet, guys. But just say to yourself in your deepest, deepest moment of despair, God is in the resource business. Wow. And the final thing I would say is that twin turbo. (laughs) Ready?
1: Yeah. Yeah. DNA
2: and mandated mission. Mm. When you get your mind around the fact that you have capacity that is yet untapped and that God is in the resource business, that there's a twin turbo that God has himself, not by our decree, placed inside of us. And that includes DNA, that there's something specific I can do. And then mandated mission, there is something that I must do. That is when the call becomes so clean and so crystal in a person's. Life, gentlemen, and every single day, I say these words to whoever is sitting in front of me, whether it be in session with a broken mom, a dad, a drug addict, a a guy that's about to go BK, or whatever it is. I say these words to them. Thank you, guys. I've loved every second of this session.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Tell people how to get a hold of your resources and listen to your podcast. I just want everyone to get your materials
2: stevebonnenberger.com stevebonnenberger.com and i thank you for giving me a, a a moment gentlemen
0: well we're so glad you were here
1: we're honored steve thank you so much and up next you have final thoughts with sean and bob
0: if you're enjoying the podcast i want to encourage you to become one of our supporters and this is made available by generous donations by people just like you, or you can become a monthly partner. And we want to sow back into you. We give resources. We give partner-only content. So I'm going to encourage you to go to bullsministries.com and sign up now.
1: Welcome back. Wow, that was such an interview, Sean. He, he is a, such a thought leader, isn't he?
0: He is. I was looking through his uh, website. I have it pulled open here. and I'm just like, the amount of books this man has written is <laughs> <It's> just phenomenal. <laughs> Yes. Just to even have that inside of you. But he's obviously, he operates at a higher IQ, <laughs> higher intelligence. <laughs> I loved him. But I was thinking about, you know, that that book series, Everybody's a Genius. You may not have heard of that, but they they start to introduce it. I don't know how long ago. I'd have to research it. But there's like 21 forms of genius and how it was is the world's way of coming up for kids to show them that they have something special to contribute to the world. And that's so kingdom, that mindset that there's something inside of you where he left us with our capacity in our life is bigger than we think it is when we're in God. Mm -hmm. And we start to tap into some things. And we've had people who've worked on our team before who were maximizers and they were efficiency experts and they knew how to pull you past your current capacity. And there's something about that in this season where some people are saying do less because you need to restore your capacity after all the pandemic seasons and all the hardships we've all gone through. But in Christ, I feel like He's pushing us even beyond what we thought our capacity was.
1: Right, and 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 He challenged us in in, in the close with that we have more capacity than we than we know that we do, and that comes to me like you know the scripture that He knows every hair on our head. He yeah. he, he knew us in our mother's womb. He's predestined us to this place of where we are now and where we're going to be, and. It, it it re- reminds me of Ecclesiastes three of seasons like we're going to go through seasons we're going to go through mourning we're going to go through joy we're going to go through all these different seasons and and I just loved how how he pulled us up and our listeners and viewers up with with his with his comments about what the genius is in us
0: yeah and he wasn't afraid of the the brokenness, the collapses that we talked about. It was interesting because I was thinking, I asked them that question because I was thinking in God's perfect plan, he never intended suffering to be the main catalyst of our growth. He intended love. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we can just tap into that place of loving our family as well, loving our spouse as well, that we can have the same, and even maybe a greater result because we won't have to overcome something to get there. We just become something. But I feel like there is something really special that love or that suffering brings. You know, those two are the biggest catalysts of growth. It seems in our whole life to get this that that issue of capacity we're talking about to get that next level, to get that the twin turbo boosters he talked about activated inside of us.
1: Yeah. I, I it, it was a great interview and I know in my life the 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 seasons that have been the hardest, uh, the most challenging are the seasons that I've learned the most from and and uh he you know, he alluded that also uh, in his life. And and I think that's one thing that we all have to recognize is that we're on a journey and life is a process.
0: Yeah. Well, that's where we're at. That's one of the things we're doing with our audience. You guys, you who are watching and listening, we're trying to process life with you. We're trying to process careers, influence entrepreneurship, and where your faith actually changes your opportunity. So stay on the journey with us. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And rate it. Review it. We'd love for your reviews. It helps so many more people get involved when they hear the power of someone else's story and testimony of how it impacted them. Also, join us on YouTube at Sean Bowles YouTube, because when you go there, we have so much more content for you, including my other podcast, which is a news and social commentary podcast with a prophetic spin.
1: So come join us there as well. We love doing life with you. See you next time. For those of us who wonder what God has designed us for, do you have any suggestions for discerning God's will in our profession?
2: (laughs) That's, That's a great question. That's a
1: great question.
2: So I started a business with a friend of mine who was a Christian out of our house. Mm. And it was it was directly related to that conviction that God gave me. When people look
0: at my track record of being Mm.
2: insanely profitable with my Holy Ghost model, made so (laughs) much money, they will say, "Yeah."
0: I love the the favorite thread that that is coming through, just as far as like you know, being filled with opportunities that you didn't create yourself, that you're just walked with God.